This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sports reporters assemble! Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. You heard it. The sports reporters are assembling. The Thanksgiving break is over. You know what that means. Bob Silverman up there in the northeast of the Daily Beast is here. Bob, good morning, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. No, it's good morning. I went back to bed. I recorded this morning and I oh, went okay. back to bed. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a long week. I was tired and it's raining and cold hey. here in, in Knoxville. It's morning for me. Take some Chase Thomas time. Yeah. And some CPP. I'm I'm Treat tired, yourself. man. I I finished week or week uh, semester one of grad school this week. So I, uh, I I had precisely one craft beer last night, and uh, I was a a wreck, Bob. That sounds good, man. That's mm. that's living your best life. I think I think you should give yourself. I think a nap is entirely warranted, and mm. under- yeah. it felt great. To it. In the northwest. Andrew Hammond of the Tacoma News Tribune, the biggest Crown fan I know. Andrew, good morning, sir. How are you? Hello, hello, governor. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm not going to do it the entire show, but uh, I will address people sometimes as, hello, governor. Mm. And they're like, what? And I'm like, knock you on the you first big gearbox, you funny old world. You sound like a beetle. You sound like a beetle. No, that is not Liverpudlian. That was. Quality Cockney <laughs> accent. I call shenanigans. Come on, that was good. That was good, Bob. That was Thank good, Bob. You. And Chase, I'm doing absolutely. If you're absolutely talking good. in a little woodly an accent, you have to talk a little bit more like that. <laughs> My Beatles accent, though, is entirely limited to imitating, um, like, uh, Paul Rudd in yes. uh, <laughs> in Talk Hard. That uh, it's I, not. Technically, it's not a Beatles imitation as much as it is an imitation of either Paul Rudd or Jack Black in one of the funnier talk walk hard scenes, of which there are many. Hey, I, I will say this. I will go to my grave saying this. Walk Hard might be the most underrated comedy in, in, really in, in, in a few decades. Like It doesn't get the love that some of the uh, other Judd Apatow movies get knocked up highly overrated. It is so much funnier than any other movie with that, the Judd Apatow ensemble players. It is, there is, by the way, for fans of the Chase Thomas podcast, there, there is an extended cut of the Beatles scene that goes on for like six minutes more that you can find on the internet that is also quite delightful. I enjoy it a great deal and often put it on if I need to pick me up. I feel left out. I've never seen it. Oh, Chase, Chase, Chase. Okay, this weekend, Chase, you got homework this weekend, buddy. I know you're in grad school, Mm. but you're going to... Two months off. I have more time than I've ever had. Okay, so right, two months. 
Yeah, they pushed it back for COVID. COVID uh, is not coming back until January 22nd. Right. Okay, Jay, Mm do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay, I believe Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story is on Netflix if you want to watch it. I'll watch it. And report back. I will. Yeah, and tell us what you think. There's there. In addition to the Beatles scene, which stars Paul Rudd as John Lennon, Jack, no, yes, Paul Rudd as John Lennon, Jack Black as Paul McCartney, um, Justin Long as George Harrison, and what's his name, Jonathan Schwartzman? Is that it? Oh, Jason. I thought it was Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman uh, from Rushmore as Ringo, and it is hilarious. The other other delights include. Every time Tim Meadows talks about light, says, and you never paid for drugs, which I'm not even going to try imitating because his delivery is perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's great, but it's actually, I was looking at because I was like, is it on Netflix? No, it's actually on Amazon Prime. So, Chase, oh, okay. do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Okay. Uh, watch it. Report I back to us. Yes, we are going. There, there will be a movie book report next week. You really need to watch. I just got week. over homework, and y'all are already giving me more homework. But this yeah. is homework that you will actually enjoy. Uh. Just watch the movie, man. It's hilarious. It's John C. Riley is in pretty much every scene and whips ass. He is hilariously. It is also, I would argue, in addition to being hilariously funny, a better rock star biopic than any actual rock star biopic. Even though I, it is a parody of rock star biopic. I I I we had I was in a film class and we had to actually rank like biopics in terms of like movie, political and all that. And so I actually ranked Walk Hard third mm. behind uh Ray and uh Walk the Line and no, half better. my class better than Walk the Line. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. I would, but um, you know, I had to be kind of serious because it was a serious class. Sure. And my teacher was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Half the class agreed. The other half was like, "Dude, that's supposed to be a parody movie." And I was like, "That's why it's but better." They it's nailed both, it because it both makes all of those like a biopic is formulaic. You know exactly what like the notes are that are going to be hit along the way. All the beats are pretty much locked in. Um, you know, it'll change locations, it'll change time periods, all that, but it's the same movie every time. And what Walkhard does so brilliantly is that it exposes and highlights how ridiculous those conventions are while still being emotionally satisfying in the way those conventions work. That's why it's better than any of them. Oh, I uh, Chase, just giving you yes, a heads sir. up, after you watch the movie, you will never look at uh, bathroom sinks the same ever again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's our there's <laughs> our I'm movie just talk. Delighting myself thinking about John Riley saying, "I'd like to try me some of that cocaine." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. We we me and my friends to this day, me and my friends to this day will still refer to cocaine as cocaine. Yes. <laughs> It is a scene, just spoiler alert for Chase and all those people who haven't somehow watched Walk Hard. There's a scene where he is very sad and angry and he finds Tim Meadows with groupies in a bathroom doing cocaine. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And he goes, 
this is cocaine, Dewey. It makes you, it turns bad feelings and makes them feel really good. You don't want to do this, man. <laughs> and then he replies, I'd like to try me some of that cocaine. And it's just, it is endlessly delightful. I'm absolutely it's, watching that movie, damn it. Like, I'm watching it today when I, when, when, I am, when I get done with work. Damn straight. It is perfectly delightful. Jenna Fisher is in it. She is also great. Um, there are cameos by Jane Lynch. She is great. There's, Jane Lynch there's, is having a good week uh, with her meme popping yeah. up. A lot of people they're, are they're, loving they're, that meme. But they're overdoing it. They're overdoing yeah. it now. They're, I'm now tired of the meme. No more. <laughs> was overdone. In any case, Thomas, watch, walk hard. It 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 is endlessly good. I will do that. Um, so, what have y'all been watching? What have you been reading this week? Is that <laughs> have you been keeping up with uh, the sports balls? Have you been uh, have you been reading and watching a lot of good sports balls like the NFL on a Wednesday? I, I didn't watch that game. Mm. No, I heard about it. I heard that there was that that, that it was a bad poorly played game. It's really hilarious to me the way that the NFL has decided that they're just going to, that no, that there is, they, they've made it very clear that there is no matter of roster decimation or yes. relocation or ridiculousness that will stop the games from happening, no matter how awful the actual product is. But see, I'm shouting at like Bill Burr levels where he, he has this great line where he's just like, when people get really upset about other people they disagree with or people they don't like saying something that you know they thought anyway, they just broadcasted, then you get upset that they broadcasted that thing that you already knew about that person. What did you think Roger Goodell and the NFL were going to do? What? Why are you mad? What? We knew what was happening here when this was going, when they came back. We knew how this was going to go. We knew that they were too big to fail. Like, Will Leach is a good piece in New York Magazine on this, but like, that's exactly who they've always been. What are you getting mad about? This was always going to be what they did. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. it. Was, I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. I think, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, of course, this is entirely predictable. I, I just, I'm very confused by the NBA, to be honest, more than anything. Not to lionize the great noble NBA in comparison to the evil, capricious NFL. But, like... Can you imagine if the NBA commissioner was like buddy buddy with Jared Kushner? Can you imagine? Yeah, that would be bad. Mm-hmm. That would kind of poke a hole in the notion <laughs> of. Yeah, that would be. I hope, thank God, that didn't happen. Um, but I, I don't know how they're they're plowing through and deciding that they're going to have you know limited fans. It, it just seems insane to me. Not only did like granted. The bubble was this huge logistical undertaking, and I think asking people to—we've talked about this—asking people to players to quarantine again for even longer periods of time is probably unworkable. But they've seen it fail. There, there's like proof of concept that this can't work. It's like I, I don't—I don't know how they're. I am very confused. Let's just leave it at that. I think it'll be bad. <laughs> It's bad, but be glad you're not keeping up with college sports, Bob, because college sports is a mess times 55 more. Like, it is – the fact that college basketball is happening right now and what they're doing to make that all work is insane. Like, what they're doing in college – Tennessee hasn't even played yet, and they're moving to Wednesday, and, like, they're still doing, like, 5,000 fans and stuff like that. Like, it's – 
every school is doing different stuff, but they're doing whatever it takes to get to March. But like the bowl stuff and like how many different teams, like Ohio State's in jeopardy of not being able to qualify for the playoff because of how many cancellations oh. they've had. Like it's it's an absolute mess, an absolute mess. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear Vanderbilt had to have a lady kicker? That's really. I, oh, I did hear about that. And then she messed up like a goober and missed the missed the kickoff. What was she doing with that light leg of hers? Yeah, with her delicate. She would have heard her her delicate lady leg kicking yeah. the ball. Yeah. Huh. Ruined my weekend. I don't know about you guys, but it it absolutely railroaded my weekend, was, and I had to be mad online and expose myself. I was very triggered by the lady mm-hmm. kicker. It was wrong. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, you kind of speaking of railroading, Andrew. What's your thoughts on on the the ongoing plague sports world? Uh, we have reached the our head, our uh, pets heads are falling off stage. <laughs> um, and, and, but the thing is, as, as both of you guys have alluded to, we all saw this coming. Like I, I I liken it, and this was in June. This was in June when when cases were popping up like crazy and, you know, it was at the beginning of the summer when everybody was kind of like, oh, this is this isn't going to go away anytime soon, is it? And then I'm like, kind of like, yeah, because we all saw this shit coming. And I feel like I'm the person uh, in Titanic that is is like you know just kind of like this is a bad idea guys hey guys this is a uh, this is a bad idea and like you know in the lifeboats uh when people are starting getting the lifeboats i'm in there i'm just like told y'all this was a bad idea and as as we're rowing away i'm just like yep and here we go and we're at the part where the ship is breaking and things are sinking and we're just rowing away and i'm like yeah this is a bad idea guys like the Big Ten wanted football so bad that they got their uh, they got their homeboy in DC to 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 uh, basically be a proxy uh, advocate for them. And uh, yeah, let's how let's see how that's going. Uh, college basketball, you cannot figure out college basketball right now. One because uh, the play is so terrible. Players players are are appearing to play a bit timid uh, at times just because of all of this going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some schools uh, that rhyme with the word Gonzaga that are essentially just ignoring <laughs> any positive tests. Wait, what, what's, what rhymes with Gonzaga? Uh, uh, fudging positive tests and, and essentially just like, oh, oh okay. yeah, there was a guy who tested <laughs> positive. Uh, so the ugliness of sports in general and the money train that is sports. And, 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 and I got into it with somebody on Sunday or it was Sunday or Monday talking about, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens. Basically I was like, the NFL is not going to move. Like they are not going to, you know, cancel a game. They don't want to cancel a game. They had no intention on canceling a game. Like save for a freaking missile strike at a stadium, the NFL will play at a high school field if needed. Yeah, like I, it's such a, you know, and, and this whole, it's being masked, you know, as the endurance of, you know, 
oh, these teams are persevering so much, and it's just part of it, yeah, I would agree with, but I'm sorry. I can't sit here and in good conscience give you the praise and adulation you deserve when literally nobody was, like, the NFL was not going to stop. Like, I'm not going to applaud you for forcing for for forcing the job to be done. Like, I'm not going to applaud you for that. So, I mean, it's – I tried watching a bit of Steelers-Ravens. I couldn't do it. Like, I'm just like, this is so stupid. Like, this is so <laughs> bad. And it's not like everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's a rare Wednesday game. I was like – They've played on Tuesday. They've played on all these other days for like Christmas and all that other crap. But like, maybe I'm watching. It, maybe, maybe it was bad because the players didn't know if they were playing or not until you know hours before kickoff. That's that bad. Their, that might mess up their schedule. I don't know. I, I and, just, and, and, and you're essentially getting you know there, there's some guys who haven't played in weeks and 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 everybody's essentially everybody's body clock is off. And so you can't just uh, Jesus Christ. This season, <laughs> this season. I mean, this season sucks. This season sucks. And I, I, I just want everybody. You know, if, if if you want to disagree, fine. If you don't, I don't care. But this season sucks. Let's stop acting like oh, it's some type of oh yeah. We're we're doing fine. We're, we're we're making it through. No, this no this this all sucks. It's <laughs> stupid. Nobody nobody seems to be happy. You know, and I'm watching all these pregame shows, and they're trying to normalize everything. And I had to stop watching it because you know it's okay. You know, oh this guy's out due to COVID, and it's like yeah, okay, so this guy's returned. And but it's it it feels like. It's it's so normalized now, like we're just normalizing it, and it feels weird. Very bleak. It's very very bleak and sad, and just they keep grinding through. Like, I look. I am still in my dumb daily fantasy sports league, like an idiot. Um, I I am still watching. You know, I'll tune in to see what happens with the lol jets every now and then. like, yeah, if I had any courage with my convictions, I would have turned this stuff off a long time ago. It, it really, it really, really, like, not like my goddamn viewing patterns or even like mass, um, even if like people stopped viewing on mass and the ratings really cratered as opposed to only sort of cratered, mm. like they would still go through with it. Like there's, there's, there's no voting with your wallet here that can really impact any of this. That's what makes it, I think for me at least feel so useless and kind of grim. It's okay. So perfect example, and this is on the college realm. So they're going to be playing LSU, Alabama, on uh, Saturday night on CBS, because CBS really wanted that game. They had two games at the start of the season. This is even pre-COVID. They were going to have Georgia-Alabama, and they were also going to have uh, Alabama-LSU. CBS won those two primetime games, and it just... The fact that LSU sucks, I mean, the, the game is going to be an absolute blowout. 
but they're still going through with it. Even though there's no bearing on playoffs, there's I mean, like it, it, it essentially it means nothing. It's basically well, hold on, it, it means more a, in the SEC, Andrew. Be be careful with your words here. It just means more down here. You know what? I've got to make a Tennessee joke, but you know I've I've got twenty. Well, hey, years we're of on that. prime time on Saturday, sir. Prime time beat <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, you guys are playing uh, Florida. You guys are playing Florida, and you're probably going to get beat down. So congratulations. I hope I I hope that national exposure was good. Why are you, you. trying to hurt my uh, feelings on a Friday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's just it's it's this pure money grab that, and yeah, for the pros, fine, they're going to get paid. These we're essentially just throwing these kids out there because the CBS and uh, the SEC and CBS are just like, hey guys, um, so remember we were supposed to do that thing in prime time and we couldn't do it. Um, is there a chance that we can just have you guys just go out there just so we can just kind of recoup whatever we could have had? Like, I swear to God, you could show NCIS Marathon or, uh, like, three episodes of NCIS, you'll get the same rating. Like, it's it doesn't mean anything. It's a cash grab, and it's it sucks liking sports and sports basically just saying, yeah, um, oh, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> just thinking about it, just like, shit. It was. I got. I got really hyped for. Not hyped. I enjoyed watching the NBA draft, and although that too was a really weird broadcast, and then you know the first few weeks of free agency. I think partially because, like, I enjoyed all of those little gossips, or when the, the Westbrook, you know, wall traded last night, and you know, sort of getting back into that old rhythm of NBA breaking news and things like that. But it it, it was just because, like, okay, at least this is. These are transactions and this all can be conducted from a safe room somewhere and phone calls to various people's homes and zoom meetings and things like that like there's this illusion of well at least no one is being harmed by this right now and i think that's why at least for me personally i was able to kind of enjoy getting back into the like into that aspect of you know transaction theater and 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 why it can be fun and there was no need to sort of kitty corner all of the very self-evident problems staring you in the face when watching any other sport mm. maybe i'm wrong Chad. it's weird that they're just now figuring out that they have to go to a bubble format to do the playoffs like that is something that i'm seeing a lot and i'm just i'm very stunned because like i don't believe roger goodell was not told that like once winter comes around like you're gonna like if you really want to get this through you're gonna have to find a bubble format and like to see that there was no positive cases in the bubble for the nba the nfl not just already prioritizing that was just strange and then them patting themselves in the back saying they've done a great job handling everything given the circumstances um they've already said like no they're not doing a bubble am i wrong i don't think that they have a choice like i think they're saying no until they're going to be forced into it it would be my guess. I think they're eventually going to do it. They're just not going to announce it until they're like, hey, uh, you have to do this. Like, they're they almost going to get – their hands are going to have to be tied. They won't do it. Mm. They, I, 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 and, and the only reason I say that they aren't going to do it, if anything that I've, that I've learned 
when I, when I was a bit younger watching the NFL uh, and kind of learning, okay, this is how kind of the structure works. Paul Tagliabue was a huge stickler for uh, details and planning and making sure that there were alternatives and, and you know, having kind of like the, essentially the foresight to, okay, if plan A isn't possible, where is where is a plan B? Where where can I have alternatives whenever? Um, one of the things that and this you know might be a different circumstance, but it it, it still falls under the okay. I got to be ready for any situation. I think about what happened after nine eleven with uh, with you know national security they were going to have the super bowl. the super bowl was originally designed for new orleans and they were already like it was maybe two or three weeks after 9-11 happened and they resumed play and i remember it might have been somebody from either it was, it was on sports illustrated or something essentially it was like how are you guys monitoring everything that's going on in, in the country and paul tagliabue was out front saying, yeah, um, in, in case uh, something happens, you know, if we can get a game in, it may not be New Orleans. It may be here. It may be there. Um, I know that he talked about the Rose Bowl being a possible uh, location. Like, they had all of these plans laid out. And so even under Roger Goodell, and this was even before COVID, the NFL – was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. And so that foresight, and maybe they do, maybe they have a plan, but it still feels like they don't. Um, because it, it, it just, it's, every team is, is basically just kind of like, okay, we're just kind of doing this, you know, uh, we're just kind of going along here and it feels very it's unorganized it is so just it's tough to handle and the fact that tv rights deals are going to be bid on in the next maybe like six to 18 months i i I forgot like what the what the exact timetable is but everybody who wants a chance at either the Super Bowl or one of the different nights or or getting, you know, one of the packages, they're all talking about how great a job the NFL is doing. And I'm just like, guys, sometimes sometimes you just gotta be honest. Like the NFL is fumbling this. They haven't they've been kicking the can down the road waiting for the answer to come. Sometimes you you've just gotta grab the bull by the horns i hate using that expression but you've just gotta just grab your balls and make a decision on your own don't wait for you know health and public officials to make that decision for you because essentially they're looking out for everybody else they aren't looking out for you specifically so when i'm seeing the 49ers basically just you know, have a, have Arizona as a freaking Airbnb. I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and now, and, and, and I guarantee you what's going to happen 
is they're going to say, oh, man, the San Francisco 49ers. I don't even know who they play this week. I think it's like the Bills or some crap. And it's going to be like, well, they persevered so much in this tough and trying week. No! No, they didn't. They didn't persevere. Yes, they had to go out of their routine. But let's let's not turn this into a hard luck story. No. The NFL did a terrible job of not not thinking about this sooner and all of a sudden the the Niners have to play in a different place. Like I uh, okay, I'm gonna Usa Andrew. Usa just <laughs> Andrew, you appear to be getting mad offline. Andrew, can uh, I get I, you excited I for am. our new segment that I would like to unveil this week? Yeah, Sorry, sure. Bob, this is not going to include you. Sorry, but it's only going to be a minute. And That's this okay. Is, uh, our okay, CFB I got, minute. I got some our college, college football, football minute. Yeah, it's our college football minute. It's going to make a rude rude acronym out of that, but I'll, I'll avoid that. Let you boys have your get, – get rowdy and mix, chop it up. You know, Go mix it up, boys. BYU versus Coastal Carolina is happening, Andrew. Hell yes. I was told that BYU is running from, from teams in the state of Washington that uh, you, you were familiar with. That they, they're, we want to play anybody at any time stuff was, was not true. And that uh, they were cowards, as I saw it. And it was disgraceful. And BYU was uh, full of it. But, uh, you know, they picked up Coastal Carolina instead, and suddenly that is the game of the week on Saturday. Like, I am so pumped for Coastal Carolina versus BYU. I think BYU probably stomps them, but I do think it, uh, it's going to be exciting nonetheless, right? Yeah, I mean, possibly, but here's the thing about BYU. And I think BYU was kind of unfairly kind of, kind of uh, trashed for their decision. Um, because there was a lot of logistics logistics that they could not handle. But I will say that, yeah, I'm not going to give BYU um, kudos for scheduling this game. They kind of scheduled this game because the playoff committee was like, yeah, you you can't play the, oh, they didn't want to play us card when you didn't make an effort to actually get a game scheduled. So uh, basically, this is kind of in response to the playoff committee saying, uh, yeah, don't don't try and uh, big boy us when we can when we literally hold your fate in our hands. So uh, shout out to BYU for getting the game scheduled, but. Let's not uh, let's let's not you know let's let's not give them too much credit. And I don't think BYU wins in a blowout. Okay, it's gonna be a close. It's gonna be a close game because I don't think they've seen the speed that a team like Coastal Carolina has, and that game's on the road. Yes, they played at Houston. Houston, that's not a tough home environment. Uh, so. I, I will say BYU, but I don't know what the line is. I'd say BYU by, you know, under 10. Really? I don't know. I feel like an SEC-type stomping is on the way. I, I don't know. I, I hope it's not the case because Coastal Carolina has been really fun and the Chanticleers are really cool. Um, but I don't know. I just there's some This BYU team, if you look at their point differential and you look at just how dominant they have been on both sides of the ball this year, it's it's unbelievable some of those stats from 
just Wilson and this defense and just the way that they're unloading on teams is just mind-boggling. Go Kooks. Yeah. Uh, I, Bob's back, I mean, by yeah, the way. I, I, I like BYU, but I... I know. I want to see. I want to see them play against. I'd like to see them play against somebody better than Coastal Carolina. Well, I think they will this in is, the New York Six. Yeah, if they win this, yeah. they'll get another one. They'll get like Oregon or something in a New I York wanted, Six Bowl. Well, I wanted Cincinnati BYU because I think that's uh, a much better matchup. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather see Cincinnati Ohio State. And I'd rather see BYU versus like BYU. Maybe Oklahoma would be interesting to me. Um, BYU Notre Dame would be interesting to me. BYU absolutely destroys Oklahoma. I don't think they destroy them. I think because Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's got to play defense. Yeah, I don't know, but they. I think they figured out a lot of stuff on offense, and Spencer Rattler was really, really good last week. Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James both signed extensions with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Bob, are you surprised that the Lakers locked them both up this offseason? Really good basketball players yeah. for free agents? Right. Signing with the Lakers? <laughs> what? No, no, no. That's, look, you get to play with, like, the eternal Larbin Jam. I mean, of course he was going to resign. I didn't, I didn't, I did not think in this, uh, let's say, somewhat tenuous financial environment that Anthony Davis was going to bank on a one and one and give himself another shot at, like, the mega super giant max, I think, locking down the, you know, Whatever the two hundred million he got from the Lakers was probably the wise move, and also he gets to play with Larvin Jam. So why wouldn't he do that? Um, I liked what the Lakers did in, in in free agency. I thought they did a good job of, of restocking. I liked the Montrezl Harrell signing as a regular season type dude who can help. Um, I thought they, you know, I thought they got Davis Caldwell Pope on the cheap. Um, you know, kids love uh, Dennis Schroeder, so why not? I know you have an anti-Dennis Shooter bias because of his years on the Hawks, but wait, I don't have an anti-Dennis Shooter vibe. No, no, I don't. He's just he was miscast. Like, and I'm a little concerned about his quotes being like, "I'm done with being a bench guy." That I'm I'm gonna start. So I don't I don't know about that, but I do. I think he he serves a valuable role, and I think uh, he's someone you want as your fourth or fifth guy on a good team. I don't I don't have any ill will towards Dennis Shooter. He was just miscast. Can I, can I, can I, get, can I get, hit you guys with some breaking news? With some oh, of the no. GM. Um, as you know, uh, people have been going through the listing of what companies receive PPP loans. Mm. Oh shit! <laughs> Here's one that that I find particularly delightful. Guess which um, quarterbacks health and lifestyle brand received $960,000. TB20, baby! That's right! Tom Brady got about a million from the government to sell his brain tonic and... <laughs> Have you seen those with... meals? Those TB, those TB12? They look awful! awful. Oh, God. Okay, so uh, you've you've all seen Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like when when Luke is with his aunt and uncle, you know, before they uh, became uh, charcoal briquettes. Uh, I'm watching like what they were eating. Like that, what that's what it looks like. He's just gonna yeah, have some milk. 
the space food in the Star Wars Extended Universe is very bad. It always is like, it's even in The Mandalorian, if you've been keeping up with that. They like give him, there's like, oh, look, let's feed the baby some glop. That's a good idea. It's really, really, it's carrying on the noble tradition of disgusting, disgusting Star Wars food. And Tom um, Brady was like, hell yes, I want some of that shit. Yeah, Tom Brady's like, I can sell that. People will buy that. People will buy the space scoop. It's so, like, the, of the ex-athlete scams, this is right up there with, with you know, uh, Drew Brees offering his name to all kinds of sketchy charities and, 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 and running his own, like, mid-level marketing scheme. But seriously, like... Who, Bryce Harper was I'm out really here promoting uh, QAnon charities this week. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to somebody's got to teach these athletes uh, just about. You know what I think, and I included him in the story that I wrote about the, about mixed martial arts, or I included a link to it because, um, like, there are a lot. There, like, you will find a smattering of like QAnon and QAnon adjacent athletes across the sports landscape, like former. <laughs> former gout-ridden Yankee pitcher David Wells is pictured with very, with like a lot of photos with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, I can absolutely Okung. Russell Okung. Mm. I uh, I highly recommend checking out NFL off like star NFL offensive lineman Russell Okung's Twitter account. It is just rife with seriously conspiratorial like conspiratorial talk about like one world governments and oh maybe you should buy some bitcoin oh no he he yeah he posted something oh god it was it was kind of like with you know the whole conspiracy uh around the election and i i wasn't following him or whatever but i was just like okay let me make sure that i either mute him or i mute the people that were interacting with him and basically everybody was just kind of like yeah, dude, this is kind of this is kind of dumb. And he was just like, uh, "I'm rich. I know what I'm talking about." And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't he, he didn't actually tweet that, but essentially, it was it was in that mood of, "I'm rich. You're dumb. People know who I am." Uh, hey, I'm, so far, no lie spotted. I got to give it to Russell on that one. <laughs> he is rich. Yeah, and I'm just like. Oh god. No, no, the whole watching watching people just who who would appear to be smart just fall in especially after reading your story Bob like I'm just like guys guys like please vet your information. Well, I mean, who's the basketball players who got ro- like Michael Porter Jr. got thoroughly roiled for doing some vaccine talk. But like yeah. He's 21 or 20, and so maybe you want to cut him some slack. For oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But, like, who are the other ones who did some really, like, like beyond, like, Kurt Schilling and, like, Aubrey Huff, who, of course, were going to go straight cue the moment they were introduced to it. The best part, the best introduction to Q is you watched, like, Tito Ortiz, now, by the way, an, a duly elected city councilman in Huntington Beach, California. He won. Um, it's like get introduced to QAnon during a, a, a live broadcast of some kind. I think it was a Periscope broadcast, and his fans are like tweeting at him like, 
yo, man, you got to check this out. The storm is coming. You should look at this. And you watch him being like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll look at that. And like, now he sells QAnon t-shirts on his like, web. It's just really, ugh. we need to protect, we need to protect our sensitive athletes like Russell Logan. From, from some of the bad ideas. Right. Well, no, no Bob, you mentioned something funny because a friend of mine who lives out in California was like, yeah, honey, because there was like, uh, there were people, you know, protesting and it, uh, like the California state lockdown or whatever a few weeks ago. And he was like, yeah, basically you look at California, he's like, Huntington Beach is basically Alabama with earthquakes. And mm. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> Wow. And I, was, and I was looking, I was like, he might have a point. I don't hate that analogy <laughs> because if you look at the voting, like what actually uh, passed in California on this latest down ballot stuff, it's like, oh, they went super conservative across the board. Oh, yeah. This was a huge talking point on the right. They, like California back in 96, right when Schwarzenegger got shoehorned in, or right before he did, they passed. Uh, they basically passed an ordinance making any kind of affirmative action impossible. Like yes. it's just all around. And so they thought like, well, maybe we could allow for colleges and universities and whatnot to make a consideration to help with diversity efforts. Like ever, pretty much every other state in the union does. And I watched as the political right got incredible, like basically said that California, because they wanted to allow for affirmative action programs, which have existed for now for 40 years to exist, they were repealing civil rights law. That's how it was framed on the right. Mm. Surprisingly, the measure did not pass. How, how shocking when they've got a lot of like, California loves its its voter prop, like voter propositions, and like all yes, kinds of shit gets, gets shoehorned in because it's like because you ask a voter who hasn't been paying close attention to the various like 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 the granular details of any voted on proposition, and when they show up at the polls, and suddenly they're like, oh, what? and as a result, all of the political diehards really are able to get their way with shit like that. So, hence, yeah, Huntington Beach, the Alabama, <laughs> really good stuff. Which naturally brings us to the New York Jets and Adam Gase uh, admitting J-E-T-S, this week. J-E-T-S, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was going to say J-E-T-S, crap, crap, crap. They're bad. Like, my favorite Jets thing of the week was when they when when Adam Gase turned into Nathan Thurm. And they were like, so you've taken over the play calling again. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, we did. Your offensive coordinator was, you know, picking his nose all Sunday <laughs> and not calling plays. So that leaves you, who was doing it before. No, I didn't. I just uh, I consulted on third down. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, he is so, aside from Adam Gates being lacking much in the way of offensive acumen and clearly now having ridden two years of coaching Peyton Manning to now, oh God, what is it? Five years of, of terrible, terrible head coaching <laughs> stints. Um, he is so bad at explaining himself in a press conference in a way that doesn't have him look 
either like a pathological liar or clinically insane. He's, he's very bad. Adam Gase, ladies and gentlemen. I have no idea why he's still coaching the team. It's really bizarre. Well, the I think they really want to ensure... My my theory is they really want to ensure that they get Trevor Lawrence. Is that like him coaching? Like the worst thing they could do is win a couple games down the stretch after firing Adam Gase. Like that is the worst yeah, case scenario. They're, like, they're they're scaring Trevor Lawrence into making noises about going back to Clemson. Yeah, for he's not year. doing that. He's not doing that. I, I I doubt he is. But um, it happened with Peyton in Tennessee mm-hmm. twenty four years ago. Yep, it sure did. Rather than play for a Bill Parcells coached Jets team, mind you, Peyton was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Wait. I, I, I so, go fall. So oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saving that. What number? I, what, it was the 43-minute mark. I am saving Bob saying go balls. But anyway, continue. Sure. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, I, I, do, I do have a theory on the whole Peyton Manning thing, though. I think he truly, honestly wanted to win a national championship, wanted to win an SEC championship at Florida. The issue is, yeah, that Jets team, while it had some pieces, was not good. No, um, they, were, they, were, they were terrible, but Bill Parcells had just rode into town saying, I'm going to get like their shit together, and Peyton still gave him the – said, I, I'd rather – Hang out in Knoxville for also, another year. Also, uh, Bill Parcells was basically pissed because uh, he 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 couldn't get his way in um, he couldn't get his way in New England and New York and New York was like yeah sure come on back and it was like oh yay the uh, the pillagers begin nope mm-mm, can't do can't can't do that nope. Mm-mm. Um, and I think Archie also kind of was kind of like, "Hey Peyton, you um, you oh, yeah. want to Archie play was, Archie was definitely like whispering in his ear. Right Archie, he did it well, twice. Th- he did it with Eli the, too. And what I was gonna say, the things that that people give Lavar Ball shit about mm. are oh, some of the things. Dad, he is such an evil. Oh my God, when when Manning got bust, like man, he cost Peyton Manning money. When Manning got busted, when Manning was accused of mooning the the tra- that trainer at Tennessee, and then like he settled a lawsuit with her, like he had to pay out again because Archie went on the record on ESPN like ranting about how she sort of like you know oh, you know basically violating <laughs> the terms of the NDA, and like she got sued again. <laughs> It's, he's a he is a very bad. Is there another Manning in the pipeline? There is. is. There's Arch. There's his grandson Arch. Arch. It's Arch Co- is it's Cooper's really, son. Yes. And, he's a and Honestly, I I saw film of him uh, playing some high school football. The yeah. kid is the kid can spin it like okay. Like he's he's gonna be pretty damn good. I I could I could honestly see him, and I'm not even joking around when I say this. I could see him in Alabama with with Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban's like, finally I got one of them. <laughs> um, well, we're we're all excited for Arch Manning to decide not to play for the Jets in a few years. Actually, That's I could see be- him. I could see him playing for the Jets under uh, his uncle, head coach Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton doesn't want to coach. Peyton, Peyton wants know. to he, own an NFL team. He wants to be a senator in like ten years, and he wants to own an NFL team. He has no interest. Yeah, in, I, yeah. 
Peyton doesn't even want to like fucking like sit in a an ESPN booth and collect a huge salary yeah. and sit and like mouth words for a few minutes a game. It's like Peyton is, which I respect entirely. Peyton has gotten his bag and does not feel the need to do anything that in any way bores or irks him. And I, I, I great. That's but, awesome. Good for him. Can, yeah, but, but you know what the thing the thing that I love about it is though. He can be himself. Like that, those Peyton's places, it's fantastic because it, it's at it's it's it is exactly up his alley because he can't like t- what Tony Romo does on CBS with Jim Nance, uh, who is under contract negotiations. Um, I I can't see Peyton in the booth. Like I can see him maybe every now and then, but him just being himself and, and doing all these fun things and, you know, essentially kind of learning about the history of the NFL and uh, through locations and all this other crap, that's perfect for him. He, he I can't see him in a booth. Like, th- there are some guys who sound like a great idea to be in the television booth, but then when you get them in there, then, then the mics turn on. Hi, 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 Jason Witten, former Tennessee <laughs> Um, yeah, just... Jason yeah. was so bad in the booth, he actually got signed by a team. That's how bad he was. And the thing kind is, amazing. Jason, I, I feel like there was a bit of too much pressure on... Like, if you put Jason Witten in the Moose Johnson role, where he's like maybe the third or fourth game down the down the card, you're like, oh, okay. Like, Moose Johnson's actually pretty damn good, but... If you just give him a game with no pressure and a regional, you know, regional audiences can build every week, that's fine. Most like Romo is one of the rare announcers where like you you notice that he's doing a really good job. Most announcers range from they're there and they're not saying anything particularly annoying that distracts from the game itself to horrifically bad. And Witten was in the pretty god darn bad category like Rome was one of the people where i'm like oh yeah he just knocked Thomas the next play that was cool that was fun that was great yeah good stuff more romo calling and romo seems to genuinely enjoy it so if he has yeah. fun, fun well and and and, and, well, it's and just I like was kobe. that's why peyton reminds me so much of kobe like their personalities and what they want to do but they're like nah i'm just gonna pick my spots i'm just gonna get my hands in a lot of different things i'm gonna be a billionaire yeah. and i'm uh I'm going to be hanging out. I'll come and sit courtside every now and then. And Peyton does break down film on, yeah. on detail, which is really good. So, like, I look at Peyton, guys like Romo, like, if I can – if you're doing a game and I can get – I can learn something, you know, maybe 10% out, out of the entire game, 10% I'm like, oh, okay, I learned something. Or, okay, that's why they did that. Cool. Like, I'm all for that. But if you're – below that 10% or not even actually trying for that 10%. You're just saying words. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't rock with you. No, no. Well, it's time for our last segment. Our favorite thing we read or watched this week, Bob, what was it for you? Um, the favorite thing that I read or watched this week, it was a weird week. I watched a lot of, bad videos for a story I'm working on. Um, so that kind of poisons my mind. Mm. Um, um, what I enjoy is what I enjoy is what I've been enjoying is, um, 
I, I've been hate watching all of the Queen's Gambit. I, I don't like it, and I can't recommend it, and it's not good or well done. But I, I am close to finishing it, and I kind of need to know, how, like, what happens to the sexy chess lady? Does she defeat the evil Russian chess like chess guy? And the thing that really, the thing that really bothered me about it, aside from the fact that the main character appears to maybe be autistic, but it's the 1960s, so that can't be diagnosed. So instead, there are just lots of scenes of her unable to connect emotionally with anyone around her and staring vacantly out into space. Um, not to, not to shame anyone on the spectrum but like there are a lot of <laughs> disassociative qualities that are never really resolved or investigated in the plot and instead just sort of chalked up to a booze and pill habit that she can sort of deal with or shuck off whenever needed for the chess match and the fact that there's a guy in a dumpster for no reason whatsoever there's a sexy chess man from america where it's like a leather dumpster yeah, i'm sorry i'm, I'm mm. not mad about this in any case if you need something dumb that you need to watch because you want to know how it ends, Queen's Gambit. See, that's the thing. And hearing thing about Tony Wilmer like break down a play and why something happened, or like any Brian Baldinger stuff that he posts on Twitter, which is really cool and informative. That's what I wanted from the Queen's Gambit. I was like, can someone please explain to me, a not chess knower? why these cool chess things are happening and what these moves mean. Because that, to me, would be fascinating. And do it in a way that's narrative and cinematic and, and prettily filmed and all that. And less shots of, you know, someone popping greenies because they need it from their secret greenie thing in a hotel room better. So, Queen's Gambit! I like it. Andrew, what about you? I was going to watch The Queen's Gambit because uh, I heard don't. people talking about it. Now, Bob just kind of ruined it for me. I'm sorry. It's not good. It is bad. See, uh, yeah, like I, I'm – it's one of those where it's like, okay, you hear so many things about it and it's like, okay, I need like the – okay, let me just see what this is like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I – it, it's one of those. It looks aesthetically pleasing, but it might. It is. It might be a witten. It and then it the lights turned on. <laughs> it, it really is the Jason Witten of chess TV shows. Yeah, because I mean, because clearly there are so many. Um, I have always, I've always wanted to get into chess. I've wanted to learn how to play chess, but I know that my personality does not lend itself to chess. Which is that if someone says to me, "Here are." A multitude of options strategically for how to, 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 to how to how to proceed, um, and you need to consider them all. I will first overstudy and overthink and overanalyze and then panic and do the wrong thing, which is not the proper chess mindset. That that is exactly what I do. Yeah. That's why that's like why, that's why I will never play chess. I will I will stick to my games. I will stick to uh, my FIFA. My uh, what else am I playing? Oh, um, so I play one thing. I will suggest um, if you haven't played it, or even if you have played it, uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, so good. I've heard people Such talk a great about game. And now that I know that it's a game and not a show, I'm 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 fascinated. I thought it was a TV show. Oh no, it's a it's, it's a video game. Uh, but you know, honestly, it is fan. It's visually beautiful. The action is really really good. So even if even if you aren't a gamer, you can see videos on like online, and you're like, oh damn, this is good. And imagine it in like 
4K. Hmm. So, I, I do have one. I do have one chess anecdote. Okay. So uh, down uh, in the down the East Village, there's this place. There is this place called Chess Forum, which I hope is surviving COVID. Um, and it's a place where you. It was a store. You can go in. You can buy fancy, you know, wood and, and ivory chess sets and chessmen for, you know, Game of Thrones characters or whatever you want and blah 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 blah. But they also have tables set up and people can play. And one of my absolute favorite New York, because we were, long story about why we were investigating chess, but we were, we'd go, like some, some friends and I were going down there and watching people play. And occasionally, if we felt daring getting into the game, because the people who played a chess forum were legitimately good, um, and we couldn't begin to compete with them, but we'd go in and watch them play. And at one point, we're there, and there is a Hasidic Jew playing a game against a black guy, and the black guy has like full-on earphones, and is just like sitting there, like rocking out, listening to his music and playing. And the Hasidic Jew is chain smoking and cursing the entire time, and the black guy is just sitting there, going like just rocking out, nodding his head, and every now and then he just kept saying, "Bada bada bada," tap tap. No, no, butter, 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 and they move his piece in <laughs> like rhythm with him saying butter, 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 and like the the, the Hasid would would scream and get mad at the movie made and sort of curse to himself in, in in Yiddish. It was it was a beautiful New York City moment, and I treasure that memory always. That to me, yeah. that see, there's a good chess show. Those two guys. <laughs> I want to know more about those guys. <laughs> My pick for this week. Um, I watched two movies last weekend, and um, they both weren't good guys they they both weren't good so um what, what movies did you watch the devil all the time was not good i had high the, hopes is it about the devil uh no all the it time isn't. so it's like it's super stacked with the guys i like robert pattinson tom holland bill skarsgård oh, like oh i know what you're talking about yes uh, I've seen parts. I, I saw half of that movie. Jake produced it, which hurts me as the biggest Jake stan on the planet. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, my my guy. Um, he produced it, but it is uh, it it's too long. Robert Pattinson's southern accent, <laughs> Bill Skarsgård's southern accents are alarming to an unreal extent. I I can't do it. Um, it, it's just not good. It, it was not good. And then Eric Paul, <laughs> who plays the exact same role in every movie he is in. Aaron yeah, Paul. Yeah, he plays Jesse Pinkman. He's always Jesse Pinkman. Yes, he's just Jesse he's Pinkman. Jesse, he's Jesse Pinkman in Can't Hardly Wait for <laughs> half a second. I swear to God, he's in it. He's in Can't Hardly Wait, and he's, Je- he's, he's, he's Jesse Pinkman. Come and find me. I don't know if y'all have seen that, but we watched that too, and um, oh my God, is that movie bad. And it's uh, Josh Whedon's See, brother who did that, I believe. But it's um, this is why we're saying you should come to us before you make your cinematic choices. Well, you know, you now can... I will. Yeah. This weekend, I I know what I'm yeah. I know what I'm doing now. You're watching Walk Hard. The Dewey right. Talks. Exactly. Now I know. I didn't know last weekend, guys. I didn't know we didn't record last week because of Thanksgiving. So no. So you, that that movie um, with Robert Pattinson. I rem- so I watched. I remember seeing the the clip of him using like three different southern accents at the same time. <laughs> um, he was he, he was doing this monologue, and it's like it was one of those monologues that will more than likely like if he was an Oscar nominee, like 
it, it would it would be shown in the uh, in the best actor uh, sequence. But it was so bad. It was like you're Florida man, a Mississippi man. Now you're a Louisiana man. Um, you, 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 essentially, you essentially grew Bama bangs at <laughs> one point. Um, it's no, it's 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 so. Rick, Rick loves doing American Southern accents and then botching them entirely. I watched that's another thing I watched over the last two weeks. I watched, I finally saw Knives Out. Mm. Also, Great everyone movie. seemed to love. I was I, uh, it was like a Christie movie. It was fine. It was fun. It was not. It was a bit rocky was, halfway through. Like you're just kind of like okay. Yeah, it was like uh, okay, you know, but like boy, Daniel Craig, pick an accent. Just one. Pick one accent and that was a mem- that, that was a Memphis ass wannabe man. Oof. I was just like, yeah. And like, I was like, okay, I get it. You don't have to play James Bond anymore, so you're letting your hair down. But just try to stay on a single dialect from the U.S. South somewhere. You know, you know sometimes that they're doing a of, sequel. Uh... And well, basically, he's going to be featured. Two out. What is it? Well, no. So he basically, uh, from what I, from what I've gathered, he's going to the Daniel Craig's character. It's basically he's going to have his like his own like mini cinematic universe, if that makes sense. So like he's going to be oh, solving crimes and, uh, and yeah, it's I called it Memphis Sherlock. Um, I guess it was some. Occasionally, he'd get that foghorn leghorn twang. And oh, then it's so bad. It. Speaking of the, re- here's another recommendation for you, Chase. If you mm. enjoy Rian Johnson's work, who directed Knives Out, Rian Johnson also, one of his earlier movies is this thing called Brick. Oh, is this Joseph Gordon Levitt? It is Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Yes, I've seen that movie. Yes, yes, yes. That movie is great. And just incomprehensible for huge chunks, but I love it so. No, Brick is awesome. I watched that movie a long time ago, but Brick, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but that movie is a banger. Yeah, it, for for the uninitiated, it is also a hard-boiled detective thriller, but it's set in a high school, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the 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 the, the Philip Marlowe, like Bogart type detective. And they invented an entire patois, I guess would be the way to describe it. There's a whole sort of language in it that's a combination of, of like Raymond Chandler, hard-boiled detective stories, and something else that just came out of their heads where they would that, that, but still set like in a modern day early, like mid two whenever that came out, mid 2000s? Yeah, it was like almost mid yeah. or early, mid to early. Yeah, mid to early twenty thousands is it's set in the present day, but for some reason they keep throwing in nineteen fifties detective movie trope language, and so it's like huge chunks of it. You're just going to be like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but they sound very cool when they're doing it. I recommend that. Also. Oh, I highly uh, recommend Brick. Brick is fantastic. Yeah. So real quick, because um, there's it's some it's some movie news. So um, I don't know if you guys are. Um, aware of the uh, Metal Gear Solid gaming franchise? I am aware, and I'm aware of the Oscar Isaac cast. Honestly, I really like it, but I feel like I'm going to hate the movie. Has there been a video game to film 
adaptation that's been in any like good. Yeah, good. No, no, no. Ones with Mila Jovovich, whatever that game is. Oh, Res- Resident. He, you know what? If it's Resident like weird. It's a big mess, and it's kind of fun. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's sort of fun. Had they I don't stopped? Like we, I don't know. There were five of them. I think, yeah. I think like, had they stopped after, like, the first two or three, I'd been like, okay, cool, fine. It was good for the time. But then they brought her back, and I'm just like, guys, you're my, pulling my the NFL, movie you're trope is, money train. It's not good. My favorite movie trope pre-COVID was that they would take an existing intellectual property and make sequels out of it and that the sequels get even more twisted and weird and so far from whatever the original subject matter is, they're incomprehensible. Like, you Call it the Fast and the Furious franchise, Robert. Right. Just like, 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 like just sure. it has a name. <laughs> I was thinking of Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado. That too. Or they made two sequels to the movie Jarhead for you, Jake Gyllenhaal fans Oh, out God, oh. I forgot they Everyone did. who listens to this podcast is a Jake fan. With how much I talk uh, about it, if you're still you're still listening, then uh, you, you're, you're pro-Jake. Like, like, Jarhead is pretty... was pretty pro-forma, you know, hor- like, soldier in the horrors of war kind of, kind of movie. But, like, Jarhead 2 and 3 are full-on Chuck Norris level, we're going to go kill a whole bunch of brown people and you have no idea why, and has nothing to do with, like, the original Jarhead, and certainly right. does not be Jake so, Gyllenhaal. Chase. They, like... Yes. Yeah, man, go on. Oh, I was going to say, uh, it, it, it ties him with the Jets okay. and Jake Gyllenhaal. There was a point in time before HBO decided they were going to do a, a, a documentary they were going to do a Joan Namath biopic. Ooh. And it was going to star Jake Gyllenhaal. I can see that. But uh, I, I guess, you know, the, it, the project stalled a bit. And then HBO and NFL Films were like, you know what, screw it. Let's just do the uh, a documentary. But no, they were like... There were, I remember this might be 06, 07, and it was like under discussion. I'm like, that would actually be really good, but it didn't happen. I'm sad. And now we're doing. I want to hear a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact Joe Namath's first swinging bachelor pad, which if you've ever seen photos of it, has, you know, wall to wall shag carpeting, white shag carpeting, wall to wall. Um, was actually he rented out an apartment from my uncle. Huh. Wow. That that swinging late like late sixties actually it was actually owned by my uncle. Um and who passed on recently. He, it's okay, we weren't close. But as part of the let's clean out his apartment, I did get two full bottles of Joe Namath's branded Bachelor's Three brand scotch and bourbon. And mm-hmm. that stuff is like fifty years old. Pretty years old, and it was rock gut whiskey. I haven't tried any of it. It, it was rock gut whiskey when it got put out. Like there's an there's an illustration, a bad illustration of 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 Broadway Joe and like I, I believe um, I'm not even sure who the other bachelors are in the Bachelors Three, the bar that he opened right before he almost got suspended from the league. And he was like, No, I'm going to open a bar with like I think Mickey Mantle, him, and one other. I think a golf pro, I forget who, but I have the 
two vintage bottles of the discontinued Bachelor's Three Booze line. If anyone needs a drink, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we will end it there, guys. It was great to get back on the saddle and catch up this week. Um, Bob, is there anything we can check out from you at the Daily Beast or anything else? Uh, I'm working on some stuff. I don't think it's going to come out this week, but uh, there'll be stuff soon. Soon, new stuff. All right, Andrew. What about from you? Um, we're revamping into the archives uh, with Aham, so uh, we will be doing uh, starting. Uh, we're going to finish our BCS series um, to end the year, but at the beginning of the year, we will be doing uh, more. Uh, singular uh, subject matter episodes uh, that kind of they're uh, much shorter in length because you know I'm doing 13 to 20 pages of notes for a show mm-hmm. every week and yeah it's it's not fun um, but yeah basically we're gonna be doing uh, uh, some 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 various uh, NFL topics for the month of January all right well go check that out keep up the great work guys uh, stay safe out there and uh We'll be back next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.